Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Genesis chapter 6, and we'll start out in verses 13 through verse 16. Amen. And God said unto Noah, the end, of the, uh, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled. Uh, uh, the end of flesh has come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Amen. This was a, 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 this was a message of judgment. Verse number 14 says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood, and rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Verse 15 says, And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. The breadth of it shall be 50 cubits. The height of it shall be 30 cubits. Verse 16 says, And a window shalt thou make to the ark, and and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set on the side thereof. Thou shalt put a door on the side of the ark. Amen. Why don't we put our Bibles down, and let's go to the Lord tonight. And I want to focus our minds together. Amen. I, 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 I really believe that the Lord wants to minister to someone here tonight. Don't you believe that, church family? Amen. So can we go ahead and unify our thoughts tonight? And Unify our minds tonight. Lord, we come to you right now in faith, believing that you are an on-time God. You are a God uh, that is in control. We thank you, Jesus, uh, for your spirit that we've already felt tonight. God, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Uh, Lord, I'm asking that you move in this house, God. Uh, Lord, anoint my lips of clay to preach your word. God, anoint my ears to receive what you say uh, through me, God. Lord, help us to be united tonight. Lord, help us uh, to apply this word to our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. God told Noah to build an ark. And today I believe he's telling you and I that we need to build us a church. Yes, uh, we already have a building. We already have an address. We already have a lot of things that happen around the church. Uh, But I believe tonight God is telling us and he's calling you and I to build a church. He is calling you and I to labor and build people and draw all men. Amen. The scripture says uh, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men. And I believe it's your responsibility and my responsibility to lift uh, the name of the Lord up. For when we do that, surely he will stand on, we can stand on his word and on his promises and know uh, that he will draw people on to himself. Amen. I I believe that it's yours and my responsibility to not only lift up uh, the name of Jesus, but I believe it's your responsibility as well as mine to lift up people and to pull people out of the pits of hell. I believe it's our job I believe it's our job to help people build their life and help people put their life back together. We cannot save people. We cannot lift people on our own accord. But when we partner with Jesus Christ, he gives us strength and he gives us wisdom to minister to people, to pull people where they are, to where God desires them to be. We are in the people business. The church is not a business. It is a spiritual entity. But we deal with people. We deal with spirits. 
we deal with the spirits of people. Therefore, it is our responsibility to connect uh, with people and show them the way that they ought to to live uh, their life. Uh, We have been discipled. We have been trained. Uh, There's not much more learning that you and I can do. If we haven't learned it yet, chances are we aren't going to learn it. Yes, we should still continue to push forward. Yes, we we should still continue to personally be discipled. Amen. Uh, But there comes a time when we have to reach a hand out uh, and help somebody else. Uh, And tonight it's my duty, it's my responsibility to reach my hand out uh, to pull you, but also for you to reach uh, behind you and beside you and find somebody uh, that's not serving God and not living for God. uh, And you put their your hand in their hand and pull them uh, along too and show them that there is a God uh, in heaven who loves them. Show them uh, that there is a God rich in mercy who wants uh, to forgive them of their sins. Amen. Uh, That's the business that you and I are in uh, tonight. Uh, God told Noah, build an ark. And tonight uh, he is telling us and he is reminding us uh, to build a church. Uh, Not build something that we like for us for and no more, but to build something with a door on it that's easy, that's easily acceptable to those and easily accessible to those uh, who are lost and on their way to uh, a devil's hell. If all we do is come to church uh, and clap our hands and thank God for saving us, uh, we have got it all wrong. Uh, Yes, we need to come to church. Uh, Yes, we need to clap our hands. Yes, uh, we need to raise our hands and thank God uh, for saving us. Uh, But if we don't get the message out to other people, we are doing everything we're doing in vain. Uh, We're just sounding brass uh, and tinkling cymbals. We're just having a a good old holiness party and we're thanking God uh, that we're not like the world. Uh, Yeah, we ought to thank God we're not like the world, but we ought to thank God uh, that he's placed a burden in our heart uh, to reach the world. Uh, Is anybody thankful that you've been reached uh, and somebody taught a Bible study to you? That is the purpose of the church, and that is the purpose of me speaking to you tonight. I don't know if I'm going to preach. I don't know if I'm going to teach. I don't know if it'll be a combination of the two, but I want to challenge us this summer. Amen. Pastor preached an incredible message this morning, but I want to make it practical tonight and put some tools in our hands so that we can reach the world around us. I don't know about you, but I want somebody to go to heaven with me. Amen. I understand that there will be people, sadly, that are condemned to a devil's hell, but I don't want it to be anybody I know. I don't want it to be my friends and my family. So I'm going to do my job to be a Noah in our generation and build an ark for somebody to find safety from the storms of this world. Amen. God told Noah to put a door on the ark, and I believe that it's the church's responsibility to have a door on the church. I believe there ought to be a big front door and no back door. Amen. I believe that when people get in the ark, when people get to in the church, they find a place of safety and they plot and they find a place of security that they will never want to leave. They will never want to, to run from because what is found in the house of God is far better than what is found in the world. I mean, I've been in probably the worldliest place on planet earth this morning and I saw the desperation. I saw all kinds of things. I, I, I didn't see things that I thought I was going to see. It wasn't near as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was still pretty bad. Amen. 
and, and, and I saw people living in sin and I saw people living their life for their own will. And then I also saw people that were there, uh, that were there just going through the motions of life. Amen. They weren't partying hard like some of the other people. They were just there wandering aimlessly through life. And that's the people that we ought to reach. The people with no direction. The people that are selling through life without a rudder on their vessel. Amen. And that's why the door of the church ought to stay open. Amen. There's a day when the door of the church is going to close. There is a day of judgment. But as the, uh, 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 but as of right now, there is still a window of opportunity. There is still a measure of grace uh, that God is extending to us. I believe there needs to be an easily accessible door on the church. Amen. Genesis chapter 6 uh, verse 5 says, And God, God saw the wickedness of... Uh, uh, God saw... God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God saw wickedness of man and he saw that it was great and then he saw that it was only evil continually in mankind. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. God regretted Creating you and I. God, cre- God, God regretted creating uh, mankind. It grieved him at his heart. It hurt God the deepest way that he could hurt. Uh, and the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face uh, of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. And then verse number eight, this is a very familiar passage of scripture to us all, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse number nine, these are the generations of Noah. And then, and then listen to this. Uh, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. The only man that God could use, the only man that God could use to save the little bit of creation that God intended to save was a just man who walked with God. The only people that God can use in this day and in this time to reach the people that God intends to save are people who are just and walking in the grace of God. Not using the grace of God as a license to sin, but people who are walking uprightly before God. Amen. This ought to be a challenge for you and I today that I am going to live my life according to God's word. I am going to be just in the eyes of God. If nobody else lives right, Trent is going to live right. If no other family is doing right, my family is going to live right. Sir, you ought to get determined. You ought to make up your mind. You ought to get bullheaded about the fact that I am going to live for God and I'm going to lead my wife to live for God. And me and my wife are going to train our children to live for God. Yes, there's all kinds of people that's going to train them and teach them all all kinds of things. Uh, But I'm going to train my children how to live uh, for God. If my children are never successful in this world, uh, my children are going to be successful at the things of God. Uh, As long as it's up to me, uh, as long as those children live in my house, uh, they're going to come to church. Uh, As long as they're living under my roof, uh, they're going to be at youth service. Uh, As long as they're living under my roof, uh, they're going to be at kids' nights. Uh, 
as long as they're living under my roof, I'm going to make whatever sacrifice I can for them to be at a vacation Bible school. Why? Because I want to train them. If the Lord tarries, I want there to be another generation of just believers who walked uprightly as did Noah and found grace in the eyes of God. Yes, there has been a measure of grace given to us. Yes, we are walking and living in the dispensation of grace, but there was coming a day when grace will end and judgment will begin. And on that day of judgment, I don't want to be, I don't want to be received. I don't want it to, to be handed to me a negative judgment, but I want my, I want my reward to be streets of gold and eternity with no more pain and no more sorrow. I know I say it a lot, but it's the only reason why I exist. I believe it's the reason why God called me to preach and be a communicator and lead others to his goodness is to remind people that there is a heaven and there is a hell and we ought to make up in our mind. There's a lot of messages that I could preach. There's a lot of principles that I could pull out of the word of God. But if I pull all of those out and neglect the fact that there is uh, there is an eternity, there is a heaven and there is a hell and we need to live our life according to God's word so that we can spend eternity with him in the air. He died for you. He died for your children, for the promise is for you and your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And if he has a promise and if he shed his blood for me, I'm going to use that blood to my advantage. I'm going to take the free gift of salvation and I want to pass it on to as many people as I can. Are you thankful for the free gift of salvation? Amen. I am thankful for the gift of salvation. I'm thankful for his blood that he shed for me. Noah was a just man. He was a perfect man. He was the only perfect man in his generation. If you read this whole story, I'm just going to hit the high points tonight, but if you read the story, there's so many parallels. There's so many similarities of the day and age in which you and I are living today. Amen. And God did promise in the story that he would never flood the earth again. He would never destroy the earth again with water, but he. Uh, but if you read the book of Revelations, he will one day destroy the earth with fire. And if he destroys that, uh, if he destroys the earth in my lifetime, I, I don't want to be here caught up in fire, but I want to be with him in the air. And I know that's how you feel too. Noah was a just man who walked with God. We need to walk with God. We need to have relationship with God, church family. It's not enough that we come to church. It's not enough that we know the songs. It's not enough that we tithe. It's not enough that we bring our children and get them involved. I've just preached about that. That's, uh, that, uh, that's so very important, but it's not enough. If we do all of those things and don't know God, as Pastor spoke about just a few minutes ago, we are missing it all. We need to walk with Jesus Christ. You need to walk with Jesus Christ. We've got afraid to use this phrase, personal Lord and Savior, but he better be your personal Lord and Savior. 
He better know your voice and you better know his voice. And when he speaks to you, you ought to know. You ought to know when he's speaking to you. When the Lord laid this sermon tonight on my heart, I was walking into the visitor center of the Grand Canyon and I saw something and I stopped and I told my wife, I said, I, 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 I told her, I said, read this and I'm fixing to read it to you in a few minutes. I said, read this. God just spoke to me and this is what I'm supposed to preach. The only way I would know that it was God speaking and not me just wanting to sermonize is because I've developed a relationship with him to where I know the sound of his voice and I know when it's him tugging on my heart and not me tugging on my own emotions. We ought to know the voice of God. I don't say this tonight to pin a rose on myself, but sir, ma'am, young person, you ought to be able to distinguish the voice of God above all other voices that we hear. There's a lot of things vying for our attention. There's a lot of things that want our attention, but if only one thing can have my attention, God, you have my attention. God, I'm captivated by you. God, my focus is on you. Oh, if there could be a revival of prayer in this church, if there could be a revival of Bible reading in this church, there would be no shortage of hearing the voice of God and knowing what to do in crucial moments. Why? Because I've been away with God. I've been tucked away with God in the secret place. And in the secret place of the Most High shall I abide with Him. I want to live with Him and I want to abide with Him. But the only way that I could ever do that is to find a place in the midst of all the noise and say, God, speak to me. God, lay lay your word on my heart. God, lay somebody on my heart. God, fix me, God. This issue in my life, I need you to help me through it. I need you to help me through it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, I feel the Lord moving tonight. I'm just going to follow the Spirit uh, for a few moments. Uh, some of you are wanting a specific song to minister you to you. Some of you are wanting pastor to say the right thing uh, to minister to you. But let me tell you, some of you have been living for God so long, you don't need a sermon, uh, and you don't need a song, and you don't need a genre of worship. Uh, what you need is an altar. What you need is a prayer life. Uh, what you need is to get yourself uh, in tune with God. Some of y'all are praying for revival. Some of y'all are praying, God, revive this in me. God, revive. God could have let it die. God could have let that thing die for a reason. Uh, You need to let that go, and you need to recognize uh, that, God, you did that for a reason. Uh, And, Lord, I want a revival. I want prodigals to come home. Uh, I do want things that are dead to come back to life. Uh, But, God, if you if you let something die in my life for a reason, uh, give me the sensitivity to realize uh, that if that walked out, uh, if that person walked out, if that career ended, if this hardship came, God, teach me why and let me uh, allow me to have the sensitivity to let some things die in my life so that something new can walk out. We need to be sensitive more than ever to the voice of the Lord. If Noah was not sensitive to the voice of the Lord, he would have thought that he was hearing crazy things when God said, build an ark for rain is going to fall from the sky. Noah could have thought he was going crazy because they didn't even know what rain was at that time frame. Noah could have Noah could have thought that he needed admitted to the closest psychiatric hospital. But God, but Noah was a just man, and he walked uprightly before the Lord, so he can distinguish the voice of the Lord in his life. When is the last time that you knew God spoke to you? 
When's the last time that God put a burden on your heart? Uh, when's the last time that the burden was so heavy that you had to go on a break at work uh, and you had to sit in your car, or you had to go hide in a stairway, or you had to go hide uh, in a cleaning closet and get a hold of God and say, God, work with me right now. God, uh, you're speaking to me and I am listening to you, God. Uh, Lord, you've laid this person on my heart uh, and I'm going to be obedient to your voice uh, and I'm going to be obedient to your word, God. Uh, and I'm going to build this ark uh, and I'm going to build this church uh, and your word said that the gates of hell cannot uh, or shall not prevail against the church uh, God so I'm going to keep on building uh, and whatever's coming against me and whatever battle I'm fighting uh, I recognize that you're bigger and hell can't break down the church in the name of Jesus Genesis 6 verse 18 says but with thee will I establish my covenant this is God speaking to Noah and thou shalt come into the ark and thy sons and thy wife and thy son's wife shall come with you and of every living thing of all flesh two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee to keep them alive with thee it wasn't just enough that Noah gathered every animal every creature and led them to the ark uh, like God had commanded him to do. But God had given him the responsibility of keeping uh, his creation alive. He said, I'm going to destroy most of it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to drown it. I'm going to wipe it out. And it's going to be crazy. It's going to be something you've never seen. It's going to be something that they will talk about throughout uh, the rest of time. Amen. But I'm giving you responsibility to keep it alive. Church family, when new babies walk in the doors of this ark, it's your responsibility to keep them alive. It's my responsibility to keep them alive. They're going to be babes in Christ. They're not going to know how to read the Bible like they should. They're not going to know how to pray like they should. But it's your responsibility and it's my responsibility to keep them alive. But how can we keep someone alive if we can't even keep ourselves alive? Amen. When we had young children, when we had little bitty babies, it was my wife's responsibility to feed them and nourish them. But if she did herself not eat healthy, she would feed our children and the food that they received would not be healthy. And if she was sick, they would get sick. The same goes around the church. If we're sick and we're not healthy and we're, and we're just consuming the garbage of the world, those new babes in Christ will think that consuming the garbage of the world is okay. It is not okay to live for God and live for the world at the same time. It is actually impossible. You and I have made it to where it looks okay and it looks possible because we still look holy and we still come to church. But some of us are so carnal that we wouldn't know the voice of God if it was screaming through a bullhorn. Some of you wouldn't know the voice of God versus the voice of man. I'm pulling for somebody tonight. I'm pulling deep for somebody to wake up and listen to the voice of God. It's your responsibility to live a healthy life, a healthy spirit your life. Why? So that other people in the ark can live as well. In the name of Jesus. 
Noah was responsible for all life uh, on the ark. Not some of the life, not just his boys, uh, not just his daughters-in-law. He was responsible for the animals, even the animals that he was afraid of, even the animals that he had a phobia of, even the people of the church uh, that come and get saved and we have personal issues with. uh, It is still our responsibility to take care of them uh, and nurture them. Uh, Even Democrats, uh, even Republicans, uh, even, even people lost in crazy types of sin that we might have personal vendettas against because we still have too much flesh and carnality in our spirit. We must get rid of that for when the child molester comes, when the transvestite comes, when the thief comes, when the murderer comes, when these people come into our doors. They don't need to be met with the judgment of the saved, but they need to be met with the mercy of Christ flowing through the saved children of God. Why? Because it's it's Noah's responsibility to keep those people alive. God didn't place those animals on the ark for Noah to kill them. God didn't place those wagyu bulls that those that expensive steak that's uh, that good steak. He he didn't put them on the ark so that Noah and his family could kill them and live off of them. No, he placed them on that ark uh, so Noah could nurture them and make sure they were healthy because God would later send a, a commandment for everyone to be fruitful and to multiply. See, uh, we minister to people right now not uh, not knowing what the next commandment of God will be. Uh, that's why it's important that we be friendly to everybody right now for us not to have enemies, for us not to, to have bitterness right now because in the future we don't know what God's commandment is going to be for us. Amen. It's quiet when we start talking about that. In the name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 7, verse number 4. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain. Noah, you've worked for hundreds of years. You've worked, you've swept, labored, you've been mocked, you've been ridiculed, but in seven days, it's going to rain. For 40 days and for 40 nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from all the face of the earth. Verse number five says, and Noah did according to all, everybody say all, to all that the Lord commanded him. Noah obeyed every inch, every cubit. That one window, that one door, that one position, it had to be pitched inside and outside and within. Noah obeyed the commandments of the Lord. He obeyed everything. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. When the flood came, Noah was 600 years old. There was no good excuse for Noah to make. Look, uh, uh, look at your neighbor and say, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for you to make of why you can't have busy hands in the kingdom. There's no excuse for you to make as to why you can't build the ark in Conroe. There's no excuse for you to make as to why you can't put hands on that gopher wood and a hammer and a hammer in the other hand and get to work around here and labor around here. Yes, we labor and God gives the increase, but if we don't labor, if we don't work, the church will never be built. Souls will never be reached if we're not faithful with what God has trusted us 
with, he will never trust us uh, with more. That's why no matter how old you are, that's why, that's why no matter what your schedule is, uh, no matter what your mindset is, no matter what your physical ability is, uh, there was somewhere in this church uh, for you to be busy. There's somewhere for you to be busy. There's something for you to do around the church. There's too many people around this church that don't have a job. There's too many people around here that just want to come and worship. And that's good. We need to come and worship. But there's too many people that just want to spectate and not get involved. But I want that to to change. That's why we have so much stuff going on this summer. That's why we've made up in our mind that nobody's going to backslide this summer. Because no matter where you are at in life, there's something for you to do. That's why this Tuesday night ladies small group is so important. Important. And if you think one small group, is, if you think this is something you ought to wait before long, this is going to be a church of nothing but small groups. We're working right now. We're doing all kinds of research. We're trying to figure out how we can grow people together and get relationships stronger and how we can become a visitor-friendly church. We already love lost people. We already love, we already love visitors. But how can we be more effective? How can we do this? And how can we, and how can we create a culture, an environment that when visitors come in, they stick and they stay. Well, the main reason is because we got to have a prayer life like I've been teaching and preaching about tonight. But the other reason is we have to love people regardless of where they're at. And we have to build relationship with people. It's not enough for us just to build a relationship with God. Because when we build relationship with God, what does he teach us? He teaches us to love others. Everybody say others. Others. No matter your station in life. No matter your station in life, there is a mandate for us to work in the kingdom of God. It is not an option. It's not an option. It is a mandate for you and I to work for God. Amen. Genesis 7 verse 21 says, And all flesh died and moved upon the earth, uh, uh, and moved upon the earth, both of the fowl and of the cattle and of the beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth uh, upon the earth and every man. Uh, Verse 22 says, All in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land had died. Everyone and everything, not on the ark, died. Everything died. That's something that we don't like, amen? That's something that we struggle with. We don't want our friends to die. We don't want our family to die. Some of us get mad if our grass in the front yard dies. Can I get an amen? Some of you have been out there watering that. Some of you have got your Scott's fertilizer. Some, some of you have been out there. And when that dies, that, that, uh, 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 that just gets on your nerves. Amen. Judgment is coming to everyone. Judgment's coming, church family. We've got to do our part to make sure that we are ready. But not only are we ready, is everybody around us ready for judgment. We must work to get everybody saved. Everybody say work. Revival. Is spelled W-O-R-K. A harvest is spelled W-O-R-K. It's spelled that if you're going to have success in your career, what are you going to do? You're going to work hard, right? Talk to me tonight, right? That's what you're going to do? There's a little distraction in the room. Let's all focus right now, okay? We're going to work. If we want to succeed in our career, we're going to work hard. So then why don't we work equally as hard around the church. Why don't we make up in our mind that I'm going to work hard to be at every prayer meeting. I'm going to work hard to be early to church. I'm going to work hard to be a worshiper. 
I'm going to work hard to not just sit there. If I don't feel good, I'm still going to worship. I'm going to work hard to move past my comfort zone and put my best effort forward. I'm going to work hard, and if I'm not doing anything around the church, I'm going to be here Wednesday night, and I'm going to be at an interest meeting for the bus ministry. Why? Because it's time to have a harvest. It's time to have a revival. It's time to grow. Well, we're reaching people, we're reaching kids that don't have manners, and we're reaching kids that come in and they're loud and they're disruptive and they just come here and some of them just come so they can get away from home. You're exactly right. That that is why they come. You're exactly right. They're coming to get away from home. They're coming to get away from the craziness that they face. Well, bus ministry is tiring. Bus ministry will wear us out. We've had a big bus ministry. Now we have a little bus ministry. Don't you know we have a little bus ministry because we're tired? Let me tell you about this. If you want to have a shrinking career, what do you do? You quit going to work. If you want to have a shrinking church, you quit reaching people. We better not quit planting seeds, and we better not quit loving the lost, and we better not quit reaching the unreachable. I feel a little bit of resistance right now. Let me tell you that God did not save us so we can sit here and get fat and boast of our holiness. God saved us so that he can work through us to save somebody else. I'm going to push you a little bit right now. Well, there's distractions. There's this. uh, There's that. Uh, Do you remember when you first came to church? Uh, Do you remember such were some of you, but you were washed uh, and you were forgiven uh, and you were and you were changed uh, and the mercy of God changed you? Let me come against this right now and tell you that we are going to see a harvest. Uh, If it kills us, uh, if y'all run us off, uh, if you do something else, uh, if this church don't want a revival, I'll go across the street. Uh, Pastor will go across the street uh, and we're going to have us a harvest harvest. Some of you have gotten too comfortable. Some of you have gotten too complacent. Some of you have gotten too lazy. And it's time that we get to work for Jesus Christ. Some of you are sitting around scratching your head wondering why there's new people busier around the church than you. It's because the busy people have made themselves more available. The busy people are taking vacation days for church, not for other things. I just got back from vacation. I'm not preaching against vacation, but what I'm telling us is we better give our best to Jesus Christ. What would you think if I got back from vacation tonight and I was too tired to preach? If I was too tired to give my best foot forward, you wouldn't be happy. So why do you give less? Why do you give that? It takes everybody giving their all. We got to work. We got to work. We got to reach a city. I just, I just went mad on y'all. That was a holy righteous. I mean, I'm not mad at nobody here tonight, but I'm tired. I'm tired of the devil running around and running over us. I'm tired of the devil just making us too tired and taking our joy. I'm tired of that. We got to grow up. We've been saved for this long and the devil is still winning this battle. We've been saved for this long and the devil is still tricking us. I'm going to be bold. We got Megan Pounds over here that's sick and her heart's giving out on her. She's waiting for heart number three and she can't do what she wants to do. But you better believe that she's sitting over there praying. There ought to be somebody that rises up this Wednesday and goes to that bus ministry meeting and says... If Megan can't go, I'm going to go. If Megan's been doing it for years with a bad heart and she physically can't do it, I can do it with a bad leg. I can do it with a bad attitude. I can do it on a bad hair day. 
Why? Because I'm going to reach everybody that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to reach everybody. And why am I going to reach everybody? This is why. Genesis 8 verse 22 says, While the earth remaineth, it is seed time and it is harvest. That's what God told Abraham. He said, I'm not going to destroy the world again with water. I'm not going to do it. Now, it turns out he's going to destroy it by fire, but he made a covenant with man. Remember the whole rainbow? That was God's promise, that that he's not going to destroy the earth again with water. And so he said, while the earth still remains, it's seed time and it's harvest. And if you go read the verses around that, he's telling, uh, he's telling Noah and he's telling Noah's children, go be fruitful and multiply. He's saying, look, I, I've wiped everybody out. It's your job to be fruitful and multiply again. It's these, uh, uh, th- this is why I've commanded you to keep uh, these animals alive. It's their job to be fruitful and multiply and create uh, what I once destroyed. Uh, it is their job. Church family, until the Lord comes back, it is seed time and it is harvest. It is time for us to plant seeds. It's time for us to teach Bible studies. It's time for us to love the lost. It's harvest time around Conroe. That's what pastor's been preaching. He, he, he's been saying it's time to pick up. It's time to go. It's time to get to work. We've passed this mountain too long. It's time to conquer the battle. And it's time to get on with what God has for us to do. While the earth remains, it is seed time and harvest for Conroe United Pentecost. Church, until the Lord comes back, I'm going to teach a Bible study. Until the Lord comes back, I'm going to do what I can do. Until the Lord comes back, I'm going to love people. Until the Lord comes back, it's harvest time. Yes, there's a season. Yes, there's going to be a hard time. Yes, there's going to be a rainy season. But the Word of God says, while the world remaineth, it is seed time and it is harvest. While I'm sick in my body, I'm still going to plant a seed. While I'm sick in my mind, I'm still going to plant the seed because one day I know that seed is going to reap a harvest and my harvest might not come from the seed that I planted, but I recognize the law of the harvest remains. As long as I plant, I will reap. As long as I plant, I will reap. All those children that come on the buses, they might not live for God, but we're going to plant the seed. We might reap on a bus. We, uh, 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 We might reap from a mansion. Uh, we, uh, we might reap uh, from all kinds of different places, uh, but uh, we're going to keep on sowing. Uh, we're going to keep on spreading the word of Jesus Christ. Stand with me this evening. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight.